What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of the people watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, you're familiar with the DISC assessment. You're familiar with one of the three indexes or indices that we use to create this comprehensive profile that shows us a person's behavior. Now, there are two other indices, and I won't get into all of them, but I do want to focus on one of the under one of the other indices that I use, which is called the values index. And these values are really important um, because it gives us a different lens into understanding people's behavior, right? Understanding what's underneath the hood. So I like to explain it to people this way. Disc answers how questions. How does this person prefer to behave? How is this person going to act? How is this person going to do this particular thing? But just because you know how doesn't mean you understand why. And that's where values comes in. Values speaks to why you are driven to do what you do. Why are you motivated to do what you do? So if DISC is going to tell me how... I'm going to do something or how I prefer to do something or how I'm going to show up. Values is going to tell me why, why I'm energized by this, why I'm fueled to do this in the first place. There are seven values that I want to go over and just explain to you what they mean in context. Um, And if you have an assessment, you can look at your assessment and kind of we'll go through. I'll tell you what you know, it means uh, for your assessment per se. So the very first value that we want to focus on, the very first motivator is the aesthetic value. The aesthetic value speaks to, um, speaks to peace and harmony and balance, right? This is, a, this means you're motivated by tranquility, by feng shui maybe, right? Um, When I think about the aesthetic, I think about people who are Zen. I think about uh, um, what they call them, like 
plant moms. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to the plant moms out there. But it reminds me of like a plant mom, like green space, somebody that likes to be in nature or sit by water or things like that. So the aesthetic value, if you're if your aesthetic value is high, right, then this means, uh, and by high, I want to say this is going to be 60, 65 and above. If you have a high aesthetic value, then that means that you really care about things being harmonious, things being in place, things being peaceful, the vibe being cool. You're motivated by having a sense of peace and tranquility. It it moves you. You seek. You run to. You drive towards peace and tranquility. If you're a person that has low. Your aesthetic value is low. That means that you're not so used to. You're not really interested in. The beauty. Right. Uh, the form, like the the aesthetic of the thing, you you care more about utility. You care more about function. Does this thing actually work? So it's good to understand these things. And let me tell you something. If you are in a relationship uh, with a partner, you want to understand these motivators, these drivers, right? You want to understand what makes people tick, what makes them excited, what gets them going, and what they run away from or what they get drained from. If you are, um, you know, if you're a leader in corporate, if you're an entrepreneur, if you hire people, if you have a team, if you are a part of a team, you want to know how to push people's buttons to get them going. You want to be able to excite somebody. You want to be able to inspire them. And understanding these motivators is going to allow you to get people going and have them go for longer periods of time, right? Making them more productive, making them feel more seen and understood and valued. Now we're going to talk about the economic, right? So the economic value speaks to um, how you are how you are driven as an individual in three particular ways, right? So the very first the very first way is you are you are motivated to win because you are just competitive. You're a competitive person, right? So being the economic value speaks to it. And it isn't just money, right? So follow me. Individually, you want to accomplish something. You're driven to do something because one, you're simply just competitive. You, you want to win. Two, you care about return on investment or efficiency, is this a good use of my time, my energy, my talent, etc.? Three, is this um, is this an incentive for me? Am I incentivized to take this action? Do I have a carrot? Am I going to get a bonus? Right? So for my CEOs and my leaders out there, if you look at somebody's assessment on your team you look at their values and you see that economic is really high, they're going to love when you give them that quarterly bonus. So they're going to love when you give them that end of year bonus. They're going, they are moved by that. They want to hit their numbers. They want to meet the KPIs, all of that. That's going to work for them. The person who has a high aesthetic may not be excited about 
um, that bonus, but they really, really loved the fact that you gave them an extra two weeks off with a vacation paid. Now, if you have a low economic, then that means that you're not really motivated by external things, by competition or by um, incentive. It means that you do things out of duty and obligation. Now we're looking at individualistic. Individualistic is going to speak to us about essentially a person being driven by putting their own creative twist on something, right? You're motivated, you're driven by leaving your fingerprint on something, right? Making it your own. Um, think about Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, right? Or, you know, for those of us in hip-hop, Jay-Z's, I did it my way, right? This person who has a really high individualistic, they have to put their twist on it. They have to creatively make it their own in some way. They have to do it their way. A person with a low individualistic, they don't care about doing it their way. They just want to make sure that it gets done. This is a person who's more of a team player, more of a, you know, do what's best for the collective, more of a individual contributor. Hey, I just want to, I just want this thing to work. I don't have to have it my way. I just want it to go a way that actually works. Next, you have the political value. So the political value, kind of like the economic, you want to win. You want to lead. You want to drive. But you want to do it collectively. You want the team to win. Right? So think about economic being a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, an individual, selfish, you know, just self-interested drive. And political being more of a LeBron James, you know, team, collective, all around kind of thing. But political says that I just want to be the leader of the team. I want to be in charge of the initiative. I want to be the one forging the way. I want to be the face and the decision maker here, but I want the collective to win. If your political value is low, then that means that you just, you want to be a team player. You want just want to be a part of contributing to something greater than yourself. You don't have a need or the desire to be in the front and be on center stage. Then that brings us to um, altruism. The altruistic value means that you are driven and motivated by a desire to grow and develop people, to support people. And follow me because I want to I wanna use different language to help you understand what I mean. Right, so people who have high, <clears throat> high altruism, they really, really care about helping people learn, grow, develop, mature. You know, like they like to invest in, in in helping people. Now, people with low altruistic value, it doesn't mean that they don't like to help people learn and grow. They just are not willing to do it at their expense. Now, here's the thing: I like to look at this as like boundaries almost, right? So what I've seen and like looking at all of the assessments, people who have really high um, altruism usually struggle with having healthy boundaries with people. Person with low altruism, they're going to try to help you, tell you, nah, man, like they're going to try to encourage you. 
after a while, they're going to cut their losses and go about their business. Like, yeah, this person, I'm going to call you a lost cause, but just like you're not ready to receive this um, over here. Then you have the, um, you have the uh, regulatory value, which means you are driven, right? Regulatory speaks to being uh, to establishing rules, order, structure. Are you motivated? You driven to? You fed by doing that, or are you drained by it? A person with really high regulatory value. This is a person who um, is driven, is motivated by creating and establishing order and structure, upholding. And enforcing structure They think that there's a fixed way to do things It's this way or it's that way It's black or it's white It's this or it's that It's either or A person with low regulatory Is more fluid and flexible in their ways of being Their ways of going about something They don't think that there's necessarily a fixed way It's not black and white It can be gray for them They're more creative and you know, more broad and more um, more creative in their ways of, of going about doing things. Lastly, you have the theoretical value. The theoretical value speaks to a person who is, um, who uh, likes and seeks knowledge and understanding and wants to learn. A person with a high theoretical they like to learn for learning's sake. They get on YouTube, they do a search, and they fall down a rabbit hole of going through a whole bunch of videos. They spend two hours researching something. Low theoretical. These are people who only want to learn what they can execute on. They want to learn for the sake of doing. I don't need to know all them details. I just want to get the actionable piece I can go go execute. That's the difference. There's no good, bad, no right or wrong, but we need to understand what drives and what motivates us. These values, this value index, again, answers why questions. Why do we do what we do? Why are we motivated to do what we do? Why are we fed by doing what we do? What drives us? What are our drivers? What are our motivators? Yo, what's goody fam? Listen, I know, I know. I'm going to let you get back to the episode. But I wanted to take a minute to let you know about the Human Behavior Mastery course. Yes, we have a course that we put together for coaches, consultants, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs. I know you're listening to the pod and it's all of this numbers and the, the adaptive and the natural, the D, the I, the attributes. We put together a comprehensive course to walk you through exactly how to understand each one of the personality types, each one of the values, and we're going to show you exactly how to get the most out of each type, what things you need to avoid, what environments to put you in, and what pieces to put around you to be successful. So if you're looking at taking your business, your life, or your relationship to the next level, make sure you go check out the Human Behavior Mastery course. Back to the episode. Political, like with the leadership, I was doing a staff training. And had this one guy over a department. And his boss brought me in because he was like, yo, we got to figure out how to incentivize this guy, right? Like, he's not leading his people. 
Like he has, he has like four or five people that he's responsible for. But what he does is he just takes all the work and does it. He'll take all the work off their plate and say, yo, I'm just going to get it done. And I was looking at his assessment and I was like, this guy's not a leader. Not that he doesn't have the ability to be a good leader, but he's not driven to lead. Look at his political. Look how low it is. It's like an 18 political. He operates on obligation and duty. A hundred percent. But it was high economic. He said, yo, well, if we made him a, if we made him a manager, why would he take the position if he's not driven to lead? I said, look at the economic. You'll pay him more money. So he said, sure. Mm-hmm. So I'll take the money, but I'm not going to lead these people. I still want to be part of the team. A hundred percent. But this is what I, so I have a session with the guy. And the first thing he says is, I don't really feel like grown people need to be told what to do. <laughs> He's like, I don't feel like, I don't feel the need to be babysitting grown folk. Let's just get the work done. Mm. He's not driven to lead. So in your organization, you'll be able to see this stuff and say, oh, well, I need to incentivize people another way. So if you take, take that same guy and says, yo, it's not about getting the work done. I need, I need this done, but I need all of your people to hit certain marks. Well, now the manager is more inclined to lead people because now it's a part of being challenged and... If all your people hit their marks, I'm then a, you'll get a bonus. You'll get a bonus. Now I'm incentivized. Now I'm incentivized. Yep. Now I'm going to go lead. Yeah. Now I'm going to make sure they get done what they do. Because I, I, you can't do all their work. You got to make sure they hit their numbers. That is your work. That is your work. Yeah. That is your work. Like I said, you, you, have, to, you have to go and speak that person's language. Yep. So like I was saying before, the, the CEO was like, yo, listen, I'm going to give them a bonus. I said, that's not going to work. Because you're going to give them a bonus, and when they don't react the way that you want them to, you're going to feel like it's going to throw you off. Yeah. I said, but they do have a high aesthetic. So you know what they would love? So in the office, it was more aesthetic than anything? This particular employee was a high aesthetic. Oh, gotcha. So it's talking about one person. I got you, got you. Right. And it would, they were just sort of taking a blanketed approach to, I'm going to just give everybody a bonus. And I'm like, let's start looking. So this particular person... You know, that, that person came up and it was like, no, they have a high aesthetic. Give them an extra two weeks off. Or let them pay for them to go on a vacation, all expense paid, and watch how they react. Mm -hmm. They care about being refreshed and being in good environments. And like, that's what they care about. Send them on a vacation with their family. Watch how they come back, like ready to take on the world. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So you... It's important for us not to just do what we would care about or, or motivate people in the way we're motivated. It's taking the time to figure out what motivates them and giving them exactly what they want and what they need before they have to ask for it. 100%. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm, ble you, I'm blessed to call you my brother. Appreciate you, man. Right? So I just want to let the people know just the, the mindset of somebody who – you the president of the next level living club, like committee, the mindset. You are the mm -hmm. architect of mm -hmm. what it is to live next level on all mm -hmm. facets of life. So mm -hmm. I just wanna I just wanna give them the game, man. Yeah. Like like where does that come from for you? Man, so two things about me, right? One thing is I realized that people is human and something in my brain makes me believe if they can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I can explain it to you, bro. It's just something fundamentally into me where I look at somebody doing something amazing and successful, and I'm like, well, you human just like me. 
You know what I'm saying? When you wake up in the morning, you got to brush your teeth. If not, we talking crazy about you, right? <laughs> like, you, you know, you can suffer from depression, anxiety. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want love and attention. And you People are human. So in my brain, I just, my brain is wired to when I see somebody do something great, I'm like, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. That's the first thing about me. The second thing that helps me move the needle is I'm always looking like, how can I do more? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got done speaking for one of the biggest gigs in my life. And as you know, they pay me forty, fifty thousand dollars every time I take the stage. I'm still growing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like the word says, there's safety in the multitude to the council. Bro, I still call ET because ET spoke for this company two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I still call him. I went on some pride, like bro, I'm a ride, bro. I'm at MGM in Vegas, bro. I'm nice. I got it. I'm like, nah, big bro. I'm about to do this humbly. Any suggestions? This is the approach I'm taking. He gave me a little game that enhanced it. So I'm always looking like, how can I do more? How can I experience more? How can I accomplish more? How can I add more value? Because ain't nothing like average about me like I'm, I'm just literally wired to say is there more i can put out here in the world like when my, my work on earth is done i want people to feel like yo he gave it everything i want god to be like yo he ain't have nothing left in the tank so i'm always looking to grow to see how i can get better in relationships how i can get better in business how i can do be a better leader you feel me mm-hmm. is i'm just naturally wired like that a to believe if they can do it i can do it so i got great expectations for myself but at the same time i'm just like okay what else can i do to get better on the inside also think it's interesting and and Reese, I might I might need to do an episode on this separately, but there's something called the region beta paradox, right? Where the region beta paradox essentially uh, speaks to the fact that worse situations are actually better for us than better situations when it comes to getting something done, right? So if you think about your desire to do something. If you're in a better situation, you're more comfortable mm-hmm. and you're relaxed. Right. And there's really no motivation to move out of this space because you have everything that you want. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a worse situation and your circumstance is more dire, and your back is against the wall, you are more motivated to go and do the things that you need to do to get yourself from a worse situation to something better. Right. So you getting promoted and going up the ladder was almost more fire under you to get yourself out of that situation over to what you really wanted to do. So you were, you know, you said you failed the bar those four times. You're like, listen, I'm not all of those things fed the fire that allowed you to do what you needed to do to pass the bar. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's something that we don't really Sometimes you got to almost manipulate and hack yourself or put yourself in a situation where you got enough fire and fuel to push you through and get you over the the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. And so that that region beta paradox is something that came up when you were kind of explaining what you were going through. What do you think is the first step for somebody that might be watching us or listening to us that may be going through life is life? And like, what do you think is the first step to getting on a track to live in a next level life or having a next level mindset? You know what? You know that, you know, the classic phrase, right? Um, being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think the first thing they got to do is ask themselves what kind of life they want to live. Mm. This is like before you even start making changes and say you still going to start waking up at four o'clock, whatever. What kind of life do you want to live? And then it's like, okay, what kind of person do I have to be to experience this life? Because this world ain't going to give you what you deserve, but this world going to get you what you work for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So people see my lifestyle. They see the crib. They see the pool. They see how I travel. And they like, yo, I want that. Like, don't desire this. This is the outcome. 
desire the work ethic, desire the sacrifice, desire the discipline, desire the sleepless nights, desire the perseverance, because that's what gave birth to all these things that you coveting. You know what I'm saying? So you need to cover my grind, cover my grit, cover my laser sharp focus. So that's what I tell people. So if somebody's ever like, man, I want that. How do I get to the next level? Okay, what do you really want out of life? And now what are you willing to do? Because it comes with sacrifices, bro. Because my biggest concern is that people will just kind of go willy-nilly throughout life. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, hey, whatever comes my way, how you doing? Oh, I'm just holding on, man. Miss me with that. I'm just holding on. Like, miss me with whatever life throws your way. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, we know it. Things ain't happening to us. They're happening for us. Yep. So even when situations ain't working out, well, if you lean in, you actually going to get stronger from it. I tell people all the time, bro. The most successful people in the world aren't the most gifted, smartest, or the most talented. They are those who are the most disciplined. Most people don't know where they add value or how they can add value. So most people are like, well, why am I here? What am I, what am I doing? They feel less than or they feel like they're a waste. But if we're on a team and I say, hey, this is where I'm strong, so this is where I'm going to lead, and this is where I struggle, now we can start to pair people because if you're strong where I'm weak, you can automatically elevate me without me having to ask for it. And you'll do it gladly because it makes you feel good to be useful. And so on a team, in, well, just in general, people excel when they have clarity and when they have confidence. You have clarity because you have the knowledge and the information and you have confidence because you're doing something extremely well and you're doing it with little to no effort. It's an unbeatable tandem. And some people, the way they wired, and you know this all too well, because you work with a lot of different people when it comes to mindset and mental mastery, they don't really, they don't really care about their future. They ain't really on that. So now you gotta figure out, okay, well, who do you care about? Is it your mom? Like e, that's why made E's, ET's message years ago, you know what I'm saying? What's your why so potent? Mm -hmm. It was like, is it your mama? Is it your granddad? Is it your children? Like like, who is it that's going to make you, like, what's your why, why you do what you do? So the person that's wondering, like, yo, how do I get to that next level? Ask yourself, what does that next level look like? What type of person do you have to become? And who are you doing it for? That's what I would tell them, bro. And then you got to put that work in every single day because the world ain't going to give you what you deserve. The world going to give you what you work for. You got to go out and get it, bro. Everything I built, before I had a Speakers Academy, before all of that, bro, I've been built my dream home, been doing seven figures, like been doing that. All this other stuff is the overflow. But I knew what I wanted and I had to go out here and get it. And it was hard. But on the other end, bro, on the other end, it feels good to get it. You know what I'm saying? But I know how it feels to fail. I'm just addicted now to winning. The question says, so how these prefer the quickest way from point A to point B? And if that's true, then why do you often do things the hard way? Air quotes, right? So one, that's a great question. So I'm a 99D. Uh, my adaptive is a 95D. So there really isn't much difference. Or there isn't much observable difference in my natural and adaptive behavior. Typically, um, you start to notice a variance or a difference in behavior, you know, with 10 points or more, but high Ds are wired for efficiency, right? So they're wired. How do we get from point A to point B as quickly as possible? Now, when people say the hard way, high Ds are motivated by challenges. So I would say high Ds make up about 
9% nine to 12% of the population, the rest of the population is going to be risk averse where high D's thrive off of challenge and thrive off of things of significance, problems of significance. So we're natural problem solvers. So for me, though, I do like to be efficient. Do I do? I do like to move quickly and I do like to move with rigor and urgency I also get a sense of it's almost like my dopamine reward system gets triggered when I uh, see a problem or come across a problem and I'm going through the process of solving it. And then when I ultimately solve the problem, there's almost like this euphoric feeling. Right. So I want you to leave leave the people with one mindset. If you could leave them with one mindset, one perspective that they can take. And do something actionable in their lives. What would that one mindset be? <clears throat> so let's recap of what I've given them so far. And then I'll give it to them. Mm -hmm. Go through. Right. So the concept of next level living. The constant pursuit to be everything that God has called us to be. Right. Um, the second thing is always grateful. But never settle. Right. It's like you're always grateful for what you have and what you've accomplished, but you're not going to settle. Mm -hmm. Right. That next level is like, OK, I'm not going to complain about what I'm going through. I'm going to embrace it because that's actually making me, you know, saying the best person. Right. We talked about the importance of being disciplined. The most successful people in the world aren't the most gifted, the smartest or the talented. They are those who are the most disciplined. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would tell somebody, you know, what I'm saying if I would just leave them one principle, I would just let them know that it's possible for them. Mm. most people for whatever reason they struggle with if it's possible for them and i don't i don't i feel like every time i take the stage the mindset work that i'm doing i'm trying to let them know it is possible for you if i could just get you all that's watching and listening tapped in with us right now if i could just get you to believe it's possible for you you're gonna be gucci but most people don't even pursue it they're not pursuing the next level living. They're not pursuing always grateful. Never. They're not pursuing that because they question if it's actually possible mm -hmm. for them. You're talking to somebody that lived a completely different lifestyle, that came from poverty, all sorts of brokenness, all sorts of anxiety, insecurity, depression, all of that, to now live a life on my own terms, traveling the world, making global impact, you know what I'm saying, and mentoring thousands of people in the speaking game. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I can do it, it's definitely possible for you, but you got to believe when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.